you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And on today's show, I'm going to preview really all of college basketball, talk about Missouri's season so far, and get into the SEC a little bit too, especially at the top of the conference with, well, one of my favorite Mizzou mafiosos, my old pal, Mr. Pat Lynch. And as usual, we have a great time talking about college hoops. Pat's one of the most locked-in people on the sport that I know, and just an all-around good dude as well. If you want to follow his work, you should check him out at Pat Lynch Sports. So without further ado, here's Pat. Before we actually get to Missouri, since that was just lying out there for me, I got a very PTIS question to ask for you about college basketball in general. Sure. Are you taking Gonzaga or the field? Gonzaga or the field. Boy, uh... I and as a personal preference, I always hate this question because I'm I'm, a, I'm, I'm I normally do too because it's way easier to take the field. But. I'm a field guy. I of am. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm a field guy. Always. It worked not. when it was Tiger or the field. Right. That's when it worked for yeah, major like, championships. Yeah, I'm, I'm like in life. I am a field guy. Uh, it's why I don't bet on a lot of things. It's why I <laughs> save my money. It's because I am a field guy. But you know what, boy, uh, I don't know that I've been as uh anti-field as maybe that year where uh kentucky ran off undefeated to the final four uh i mean boy gonzaga is so i mean they're so good and they're really they're such a complete team uh and that's the thing is like you can see when you watch them this year there's so many elements of what just makes them consistently good from year to year you know they have a lot of the pieces that are traditional that we've seen from them but Jalen Suggs is just such a game changer for them. Um, he's he's so, such a dynamic player. Uh, he is one of those really and, – and it's like, you know, I hope in five years he's a five-time NBA All-Star. I hope we're right about him because I, because I really want to be right about him. But he is one of those unique, special kind of guys where he is simultaneously the best player on the floor but also knows how to use the good players around him. Like, he understands, like – it's not the Jalen Suggs show when he gets on the court. Like he makes it the show at times, but it's like, he's not looking to be the one guy all the time. He understands like he's got Corey Kisper. He's got Drew Timmy. He's got a, a Jaya. He's got, you know, Andrew Nemhard. He's got all the, you know, he's got pieces. Let him work for him. And, and that's some of his greatness at times. It's just letting, getting out of the way and letting those other guys, you know, win the game, you know, as, as well as, as he is. But yeah, he is, uh, he's a kind of player um, in terms of the athleticism and the skill that I don't think Gonzaga has had uh, with the other kind of pieces they've had for a long time. And that is what makes them so good. And then, you know, again, there are some other really good teams uh, and I've had a chance to see most of the other teams, uh, you know, kind of in that top group once the one team I haven't really seen much is Baylor uh, and, and Baylor might be, the one thing that definitely keeps me to like, well, let's, let's not discount the field, but like, you know, I mean, Villanova's really good, but like, they're not that good. You know, uh, Iowa's good. They're, we saw it. They're, they're not quite that good, you know? Um, I mean, even, you know, some of the Wisconsin is, a, you know, is a 
really good team, but like they're not that. Good. I mean, boy, Gonzaga. I mean, you know, even Kansas is not a bad team. Like it was pretty, you know, surprisingly actually a pretty good team. Boy, Gonzaga really looks right now like they're in another league for sure. Yeah, I agree. They definitely seem like the class of the field for sure. And you know, interestingly. I'll bring up, uh, give a quick shout out to our friends at betonline.ag. You know, I noticed Jalen Suggs is 12 to 1 to be the national player of the year. That struck me as really low. Now, right now, Garza from Iowa, Luke Garza, right? Is it Luke? Okay. Uh, it's, it's Luke. It's Luca. Luca. Uh, yes. Okay. Anyway, well, he's he's the favorite, but I just thought yeah. those odds seem pretty favorable on Suggs to me. But anyway, let's transition to Missouri. What do you think about the Tigers so far? I don't know how much you've been able to see Mizzou. I, I know you saw the bragging rights game, obviously their best victory. What's your handle on the Tigers? What do you think their upside is in the Southeastern Conference this season? Sure. I, I like them a lot this year. And I think um, – and I, I noticed this after – actually, I said something about this after they beat Oregon. It's like this is what happens – this is what you needed three years ago with some foresight to be like, guys – we got to get a team together and keep it together and develop it together. And this is what's going to look like in, you know, two to three years. And we're finally starting to see a little bit of the payoff. I know we got a little spoiled with the porters. Our eyes got a little big and we were like, Oh, this is how it's going to go. Now we're going to get guys who are ready made. And, and like the porters are just going to bring other guys in. Remember like we got Michael Porter to commit and like, we were all of a sudden now on Kevin Knox. Like we thought like, Oh, Kevin Knox sure. is going here too. And it's like, guys, 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 chill out like uh let's we're gonna yes there's gonna be some cool fluky stuff but like we're gonna do it the right way it's gonna take a little time but now i mean you're seeing a veteran team that's been assembled and that's cohesive uh and i think you know i really like the way that this team is playing right now and you know the the oregon win was great obviously the win over illinois was great i've had a chance to watch most of the games this year which is nice um and yeah i mean i think you know when you say what's our upside in the sec uh, that's a two-part question. Number one, I think we're playing as well consistently as we have now over the last, you know, three, four years. Uh, but also, like, I'm not enamored with much of the SEC. I haven't had a chance to really do a deep dive on most of the teams. But, like, you know, uh, I haven't seen Tennessee yet, mostly because they haven't really played anybody that puts them on national television in the right. first, you know, six games. So uh, I'm looking forward to that tomorrow. But, I mean, by all accounts, Tennessee might be the best team in the SEC. So tomorrow will be a really – or, you know, Wednesday would be a really good measuring stick for how good this Missouri team is. But, like, you know, Florida is good. You know, Florida is good. Um, you know, uh, boy, I mean, Kentucky's a weird mess of things right now. But, like, and I'll be honest, you know, I, I'm not – everyone is dancing on the Kentucky grave right now, myself included, because it's fun. I mean, they're sure. – And, like, let's – we don't get to do this that often. Right. Um, but, like, they're going to be better. I mean, they're going to get better. Um, they're, you know, they're not going to finish – 10th in the SEC. And quickly, I want to remind you about betonline.ag because as college football is smack dab in the middle of bowl season, well, frankly, this is the home stretch here. This is when it starts really getting good. So you know what? You'll want to get a piece of that action too. And there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust here at the Locked On Podcast Network, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% 
welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And by the way, betting doesn't have to be a guessing game anymore. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and the red-hot handicapping expert, Mr. Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked On Bets. Brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I just think with this 2020 season, because the non-conference is so short, I think they'll probably still end up figuring it out at some point. I just think maybe it'll be a little bit further into the SEC schedule than it is in most seasons. So that might take them out of truly being a contender for first place. But again, if they're, say, a seven seed in March, I definitely wouldn't want to play them, obviously. Right. Yeah. And and that's the thing. It's like, they, you know, they have a couple problems. You're right. Number one, I do think the 2020 season – hurts teams that are built the way they are. Right. Uh, but also like, you know, this is the way Cal Fire builds teams and he does this every year. And you know what? The, the guy's not perfect. Like every now and then he's going to throw kind of a sneaker out there. And I of think course. in general by Kentucky standards, this team isn't that good. I mean, they're, right. they're fine, but like, you know, yeah. BJ Boston's a nice little player. I mean, he's good. You know, uh, I mean, Sar is a good veteran, you know, but like, I mean, I, I think J- well, Jacob Top Jacob Toppin is, uh, our the next generation Seth Curry you know I mean I don't know like he he uh you know Obi made him famous and I think he uh yeah ended up in Kentucky you know I and mean, he's well he's like he's not there yet you know and speaking of you know high-ranked guys that Missouri was in on who later went to Kentucky you mentioned J- uh Kevin Knox earlier well Cameron Fletcher obviously just got sent home for a few days by John Calipari. Yeah. And basically John was saying, you know, nice to not have to hear Wyndham. Hey coach, why are you taking me out all the time? And now it seems like he's back in the fold, but you know, again, to your point that there's been a lot of challenges down there in yeah. Lexington so far for sure. Uh, ab- yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, right. By March, are they going to be playing much better basketball and are we going to kind of wonder how they were one and six like yeah and, and also you know the one and six uh masks a few things and that is like they lost a couple of really heartbreaker games i mean right to good know, teams too kansas yeah, for one and and games where if maybe you know speaking to the point of maybe not having as much talent as previous years that if they had that killer guy in the last minute that they win those games you know if they had a last shot guy they beat notre dame you know they beat louisville like they're gonna win they're gonna win those games if they maybe had one more elite player uh, that is going to be their real go-to guy as opposed to like right now where I think they're still figuring out who their go-to guy is down the stretch. And that's a weird place for Kentucky to be. But, um, but again, you know, they're still uh, on paper, they're, you know, they're still such a solid team. I think in just in terms of their talent alone, makes them a threat at various points throughout the year. And I think we'll improve as they just play more together just in time to blow it all up again and then start over, you know, and that's the, right. the John Calipari way. 
<laughs> it's, it, it certainly has become that for sure. And, you know, the one thing that kind of went unsaid there is thankfully Keontae Johnson from Florida is now out of the hospital, like basically being a, a coach right now. He's kind of in a coach role from what I've heard as he works back to playing basketball. So who, who knows what his status is? Obviously something that's really important to note there. He's expected to be one of the best players in the conference. But, you know, again, thankfully he's just okay because that was a really, really frightening moment for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, yeah. That- and, and, and I honestly, I would say, you know, I don't, I would not expect him to play again. this year. I'm not a doctor. I I'm not, not really expecting it either. Uh, I frankly, maybe I by March. Him. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Or, but I, I, I'm not sure. I'd almost say, you know, not that I ever want to tell a kid to stay off the court, but like, dude, just stay off. Real, wait, just wait, man. I mean, those yeah, definitely tell. Yeah. Listen to your doctors. That's for yes, darn sure. So. But you know, there's one more team I want to ask you about. Not that this is the only team that can contend in the L in the sec by any stretch of the imagination, but what do you think about LSU? It seems to me that they've got a decent amount of talent as usual, but they don't seem particularly interested in playing defense as usual. And, you know, you've got the whole, the specter of Will Wade is still hanging over this program. Do you take them seriously? Yeah. I mean, I think you, I think you take them seriously. Uh, you know, I would say, again, you we so sort of dovetail about the non-conference schedule because the non-conference has been so truncated this year and that we haven't seen as many non-conference games. You know, we haven't really had a chance to see a lot of these teams. I mean, Mizzou is kind of an outlier. Mizzou has played, you know, a couple of good heavy hitters. Um, you know, we haven't played a Kentucky non-conference schedule, but we have played a better non-conference schedule than most of the teams in the SEC. Uh, and, you know, when you look at a team like LSU and you say, well, if we're in a results-based business, uh, what are we doing so far? Well, you lost your best game. I mean, the, the, the best game they played is against right. SLU, and they didn't win, you know. Right. And so – and now SLU is a good team, and SLU is um, – I. I know that pains some Missouri fans to hear that, but it's no, it's true. true. It's true. I make fun of the Slough fans on occasion, but they yeah. have a good squad this Bill, year, no doubt Billikins, about it. Billikins are good this year, and um, you know, so you know, but like LSU hasn't played anybody else uh, to really give me a good gauge as to how how good they are. You know, but I mean, they're at the very least they're probably as good as we kind of think they are, which is you know a upper tier SEC team this year. And yeah, and but you're right, like. Uh, Will Wade, you know, uh, there's a reason why Will Wade is still a coach. It's because he's good at coaching, uh, you know, and he's uh, you, you, um, you where it just means more. You check the baggage and <laughs> you say, uh, hey, the guy, the guy can coach and the guy can win. Um, and so, you know, they certainly know what they're doing and I would certainly, you know, take them seriously. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's just really um, with them and a, and a few other teams, it's just really early to tell. Uh, what you're really getting out of them until they really, you know, strap it up against somebody, you know, uh, consistently who's, you know, pretty strong. And quickly, a final break and a word from our friends at Build Go. I tell you, all of us have a mental or physical wall that we have to break through every day in our lives. And well, for me, it's often watching my daughter who quite amazingly is very, very stilly watching me do these reads right now. She's fascinated. I, I got to say, normally her hands are all over my keyboard if I'm at the computer. But right now, for whatever reason, she knows that dad is up to something interesting that she has never seen before. But you know what? I digress because this is about Build Go 
And if you want to have the energy to be a good dad, do all the things that you want to get accomplished, well, this thing is about as good as it gets. So visit BuiltGo.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. BuiltGo, let's go. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move from around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It's funny that you said it just means more because really LSU, one of the few big time schools where basketball is arguably to be They're They're so into baseball down there, quite honestly. But you know what? Let's get back to specifically Mizzou a little bit. One number that has struck me as interesting, and I've talked about it a little bit on this show so far is that so far in terms of just usage rate, the amount of possessions that a guy uses, I know I, I tend to over-explain this probably, but so so I won't. How about that? I'll just assume you know what usage rate is. I know Pat does, but I'm just going to assume the audience does too. Well, right now, Xavier Pinson is using 33% of his possessions, and that's good for 10th in the entire country, number one in the SEC. We're getting into like LeBron James kind of territory there. Does that strike you as way too much, or am I overthinking it? Because, frankly, Missouri has been one of the worst turnover teams in in the country in the Conzo-Martin era, except for this season. They're only 92nd nationally so far. So what do you think? Am I overanalyzing it, or does maybe Drew Smith need to maybe be the lead ball handler on a few more half-court possessions in particular? Yeah, the Tigers are ball strong. Uh, for sure, to borrow one of my favorite basketball terms. They are ball strong uh, this year, which is good. You know, I would say, like, I I mean, I, I think Pinson's a terrific player. I think he's done a really nice job uh, really developing uh, as, a, as a real a real point guard, a real leader of this team. And, you know, a great, a great example of, you know, how did we talk about Xavier Pinson two years ago, you know, and think right. about, like, where we are now. Um, yeah, I, I do think there's probably, you know, room – uh, to get some other guys involved, you know what I mean? Like a little more, but you know, at the same time, like if it's, if it's broke, don't fix it. You know, like it's a little, you know, you, you certainly, you point to say like, well, things are certainly working the way they're working, but you know um, yeah. I mean, I think if there's probably one thing about uh, Xavier Pinson, I would change is that is like, I think sometimes uh, shot selection is a thing, you know, like, and now again, that's the thing just in general for the Tigers right now is that, you know, save for Mark Smith, you know, we are not a good perimeter shooting team. You know I mean? Like we're not like, you know, Mark Smith is excellent. Uh, and and the rest of them are. Yeah. Drew Smith, I would say is pretty good. And then the rest, you know, I mean, I could kind of live without ever seeing any of them shoot a three again, to be honest with you, but that's just not modern college basketball. Right. Um, but that's, uh, you know, and so that's the thing. So maybe, um, maybe he needs to look off that shot sometimes right. <laughs> and find someone else who can get it, you know? And that's, See, uh, I think my thing with Pinson, my main 
criticism so far. And again, I think he's played great. I mean, you look at how, you know, he hasn't shot well from three so far, other than our previous game against Bradley, where we really, really needed it. Well, so far he's hitting 50% of his twos as usual. He's an excellent free throw shooter. You know, I think him getting in, getting into the lane, getting to the basket is our best offense. So my advice to him would be don't get suckered in, especially early in the shot clock, when your man goes under the screen, don't get suckered into that shot because even he is so athletic and so quick and just so good, quite honestly, he can still make something happen even when his man goes under the screen by going to the basket, don't you think? Oh, yeah. He operates at a different speed than most guys. I mean, like he really – That's my thing. Yeah, his speed and and more importantly, his speed with the ball right. uh, is, is so invaluable. And uh, you're right, I, and that's – and that's one of those things where, you know, it's very cliche, but players play to your strengths, coaches coach to your player strengths, you know, and that's one of those like, and that is a strength of it, you know, get, you're right, get in the lane, get to the hoop, get to the line. Uh, yeah, don't buy into, uh, you know, all right, I have, uh, I have a little bit of space on a three pointer with 18 seconds on the shot clock, you know, like, I don't, I don't, you don't, that's not you, um, you know, and that's, uh, you know, and some of that's just, still development, still maturity. And, but, you know, again, you talk about modern college basketball, everybody's eyes get big behind the three point line. Now, sure. you know, I mean, it's just like every, everybody wants to be, <laughs> Curry. Uh, you know, and so, so I get it. Like, you know, and, and that's something at some point you remember these guys are 20, you know, and you, can't, right. you can't boil that out of them. Uh, but like, but yes, I, I, I would say that's a very uh, apt critique of him and, and a, a way to, um, yeah, emphasize what he's really good at, and that is certainly getting in the lane, and you know, either get to the hole or or dish, you know, and you know, draw the draw another defender, you know, find the open man, uh, you know, that's really what I think he's he's best at at this point. Right. Well, I mean, to me so far, the I think you hinted at this already, some of this, but the biggest key for Missouri so far has been really quite simple. I mean, number one, they're healthy for the first time, and. I guess ever, if you want to include the whole Michael Porter Jr. era too, and why wouldn't you? I, I guess I almost just put him off to the side with the rest of the team. But, I mean, Kwanzo's finally got a 100% healthy roster for the most part here. And then, again, like you say, it just boils down to experience and then a sense of, I think, urgency from all these guys. We got a lot of seniors on this roster. You know, I think there's a lot there's a lot of talk that this might be Xavier Pinson's last year too. So he, for all intents and purposes, he might be a senior too. This could be their last year playing together. These guys have been together for a long time. I just think they know where they want to go, both offensively and defensively. And they I think they understand the amount of buy-in it's going to take, not only for this team to be good, but frankly, for guys like Pinson and Tillman to play at the next level, potentially. It's going to take a lot. And it's going to take a lot for both of them to get there. Certainly they can play in Europe, but to the NBA where certainly everybody wants to go, you know, they're going to have to put in a lot of work and show a lot this season. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the NBA because I know we had this conversation probably, it might have really been like two seasons ago. Um, and you mentioned like Jeremiah Tillman as a good example. This is why you go back to school. You know, I know there's like this, you know, I understand the culture of, of the sport is changing uh, and, you know, everybody wants quick money now uh, in some way. And everyone, everyone thinks they can go to the league and everyone wants money now. 
And so you definitely have uh, in, in many years now, guys bail, you know, guys, and they, you know, they're, and they, they're just, they're frankly one way ticket to the G league, you know, which is fine. I mean, you're, again, you're getting paid and you're playing professional basketball. I'm not going to, you know, uh, poo poo the, the G league, but like, you know, understanding that like, Hey, you know what? Uh, I have the luxury to stay here and work on my game and, and, you know, work in this setting uh, and just stick with it and not bail on it because I have league dreams. And I think that's a great example. This is how you end up now with a team like the team Mizzou has, as you have guys, in my opinion, making sound professional decisions uh, about their about their careers at pivotal moments in their career, saying like, you know, I'm not going to leave as a sophomore and go undrafted, and then and then you know I'm playing for the Fort Wayne Mad Ants uh, for the rest right. of you know the time. So, uh, but yeah, they you know I think all those guys. You're right. I'm not sure. You know, and you're more of an NBA guy than I am. Uh, but like, I don't think Mizzou has an NBA guy. I mean, is is Pinson an NBA guy? At some I don't think so, quite honestly. Yeah. I mean, and and I think some of it is like, and I, you know, I hate to say this because this is one of the things that I, as a college basketball fan, I always find frustrating. Um, is that I think some of it is just like size and specific and, and specific, sure. but you know, like uh, I hate to say it like that, just you know, they don't they don't match up at the professional level. It's like, it's not even necessarily a skill thing, but it's like, sure. And honestly, in today's NBA game, both it's going to sound funny, but obviously Xavier Pinson needs to be a better three point shooter quite simply at the next level. Well, Gosh, so might Jeremiah Tillman. As insane as that sounds, I mean, on the other hand, the, the centers in the league, some of them are getting a little bit on the smaller side. I mean, and Tillman's a big guy. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying he's not like a legit seven foot or anything. But really, the point is, is you have to be just multifaceted, not only on offense but defensively as well. You're, you have to be able to switch and at least defend a guard for five or six seconds at the end of the shot clock sometimes. It's not just about, you know, being a big, lumbering guy who gets rebounds anymore. The game has right. completely changed in the last few years in that sense. Ask Roy Hibbert. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and that's, you know, example, like Tillman is, you know, when I see Tillman, I think of like, well, he's – you know, he has that body, uh, that kind of leaner body that sure. you're like, oh, you know, if he had a range, if he had range, if he had a shot beyond 15 feet, you know, that like he would, you know, be that kind of stretch player. But he also, so he doesn't have that, but he doesn't have like the body of say a Kofi Coburn, uh, you know, where you go, right, okay, exactly. that, guy, that guy's got an NBA body, you know, right. like that guy is, and, and you will make room for him on the floor because of, you know, the, that he can physically hang. Uh, with those and, guys. and you know even a guy like Rudy Gobert who just got paid you know 200 million dollars over five years you know Jeremiah Tillman clearly not the rim protector at his level and you even see Gobert at times in certain matchups he get he's almost unplayable because you know again his skill set is sort of been taken out of the league in some ways like oh he's got to play on the perimeter now against somebody well that's actually a big problem you know that that's not his skill set now I'm paying a guy 200 million dollars to do something he's not really good at so and his skill set is almost again being taken out of the league but anyway we, a little bit of a diversion there let's quickly before we get out of here because frankly I'm a bit up against it Pat what's your feeling how do you feel like the Tigers are going to finish up 
You know, I, we'll see. I mean, I think um, I, I do think at this point that we are, you know, I don't think we're good enough necessarily to win the SEC. I know like everyone got very, you know, very excited about that. I don't, I don't know because I still think we have flaws that are exploitable. Yeah. The shooting's a problem. <laughs> Frankly, I, I'm with you. And I, I think, you know, if you just look at some, you know, we're what 12th in the AP poll now, something yeah. like that, you know, then you look at, the advanced stats like Ken Palm, which frankly factors in a lot of preseason projections at this point. So while the Tigers have moved up a lot, they're still about 40th there. I think actually they're about right in between that. I think they're maybe the 20 to 25th best team in the country. If you ask me right now. Yeah, no, I think they're a team that probably when you, you know, you do like an NCAA tournament projection, you know, and I don't, I wouldn't do, you know, people get paid money to do brackets. Right. Right. I'm not in that business. But like, if you just give a range, I would say, you know, somewhere between a somewhere between a six and an eleven. You know what I mean? They're kind of in that, like, you know, I mean, probably eleven being a worst case. You know, sure, where- and that's a pretty big outcome too. And I yeah. think that's accurate. I think there's this team's probably going to be in a lot of close games. So hopefully, you know, that classic Conzo toughness that most of his teams seem to exhibit will pay off in the long run. Yeah, if they're if they're healthy, six seven. You know, if they're if there's injuries, ten eleven. Uh, but I, I do feel uh, pretty confident right now that like this is going to be an NCAA tournament team. Which for sure, frankly, that's that's that the goal is, for that, sure. That should almost, that should almost yeah. be enough, you know, in a way. Like that's that would be fantastic. And knock on wood that there is a full sixty-eight team NCAA tournament this year. Uh, right, that will be one of those teams uh, selected, and and that is a big step forward. I mean, that's what we need. We need yep. to be able to prove those results. And, well, if, if there is an outside chance that Missouri wins the conference, I think they're definitely going to have to beat Tennessee at home tomorrow. So we'll see We'll see if that happens. Pat, thanks a lot for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, John, always. Thank you very much, man.